My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Basha here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Kim Rittberg. She's the host of the Mom's Exit Interview Podcast, and she's also an award-winning strategy expert and an on-camera coach. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your challenges, your podcast, and your goals. I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Sure. So I live in Brooklyn, New York. For anyone knows Brooklyn, it's just outside of Manhattan and it's fabulous. Um, I run my own company where I help professionals and brands supercharge their business with content. So that means everything from social video to podcast and figuring out what you should make, how to make it and where you should put it. Um, And I also train them to be on camera. I think being on camera is such an integral part to growing your business. Like you cannot hide behind your computer, not today, maybe 10 years ago, but not today. So that's what I do for work. And before that, I was in media, media and marketing for 15 years. So I launched the video unit for us weekly. So they had like an office and I turned it into a studio and like a put out hundreds of videos every single month and they sold it for a hundred million dollars. And I was in Netflix marketing, pop sugar branded content. And before that, I was a TV news producer for 10 years. So I love, love, love. I pretty much applied journalism and marketing to now help small business owners. And it's been really awesome. That's amazing. So what made you want to get started with that? What was that kind of, when did you make that decision? Like, you know what, I want to, I want to take this outside of working for different corporates and start helping out small business owners. Yeah. So my why was a hundred percent having kids. So I was like, an executive in media, climbed the ladder, like working, you know, 50, 70, 80 hour weeks, whatever. I had a side hustle for many of those years, a lot of, of hustling and work and blood, sweat and tears. And I loved it. But when I had my second kid and I was leading this big unit at Us Weekly, and it just became clear that I didn't really have control over my career. Like my career was great. The company, the, the company was bought. My unit was fine. I wasn't laid off, but like everyone else was laid off. And I just realized man, you can work so hard and just like, you have no control. And in digital media, it's really volatile. There's always layoffs. You could be the number one person, but that just puts you at more risk because you're earning more money. And so I just realized I want to be able to do the things that I'm good at, which is make awesome video, make awesome podcasts, like cheer people on to grow, but in a different way. And that is like the why of why I started my business. And now that I'm actually in the business, it's so fun because I get to pretty much be a partner or a cheerleader or helper helper to small business owners who don't have 15 years of journalism, 15 years of marketing, things that to me are such no-brainers are not no-brainers. And for good reason, like, you know, someone's focusing on their business, growing their business, making their products. And I've been focusing on telling stories. So now it's really fun for me to be able to deliver that value and help people grow in their own lives. So it's been a fun, it's been a fun journey. But that's amazing because you you get to be even if it's you know not a, not a no brainer for other people you're the expert they're coming to you for help so that's that's amazing. Um, what's your favorite part about what you do then? 
favorite part is that I feel like I get to have a career where I'm like paid to brainstorm. Like I'm paid to solve people's problems and come up with ideas. Like that's fun. And I always thought of myself as a creative, but the more I got into my career, I realized a lot of what I do is like strategy and implementation. So it's just, it's, it's just fun. It's fun to be like, all right, here's this person. And like, they feel stuck here. Should we do this how-to video series? Or like, should this person get a podcast? What should we do if they're doing a podcast? Like what, who's it aimed at? Like, how does it sound? How does it feel? Is it fun? Is it serious? Is it interview or is it scripted? Just really digging into that ideas to come up with really fun, fun content, but fun content that pushes the business forward. Cause like it's good to do fun content, but like, that's your money. So you're just like putting money out there and you're just like, okay, it's a really expensive hobby. You know, if you're making podcasts and you're making videos and you don't have a strategy, it's a really expensive, it's a really expensive hobby. Absolutely. It, it, it sounds like it. I mean, you want to make sure that the stuff that you're paying for is actually helping you. And that's just, you know, just putting stuff out there. that doesn't really it, benefit. Exactly. Like I've been working with more individual professionals. So like a lot of real estate agents have come to me lately and I've been consulting with them and coaching them. And one person is just absolutely fantastic. Not as like comfortable being on camera. So we're working with him. He's sort of growing through that, but he's really into the idea of a podcast. I'm like, that's a great idea because when you're doing a podcast, you're not really as focused on how you look because you're like really engaged in the interview, you know? And I think it's different than when people are sitting in like a studio with lights and it's like, it's just different. You sort of know that it's audio first. And yes, you might end up with video clips that end up on social media, but podcast is an audio first experience. So for someone to, in terms of like solving the problem of, okay, this person wants to put themselves out there more, more, they don't love being in the limelight for video that's a great solution. So I think podcasts like can do so much, but what I love is that each project is different and every person, every business is different and helping them figure out like unlocking that thing to, you know, grow their business and grow their client leads and their revenue is really fun. So you get to really provide very unique help for each individual client. Yeah, exactly. I do a lot of custom, custom, custom solutions. And then I'm going to start doing some group coaching courses this year. And so it's just, it's fun to like be behind the curtain for someone else and helping them solve problems. Like it's, it's really fun. I bet. Yeah. So I've, let's switch gears a little bit here. So since you're the one that's providing all of the individual help for each customer, has that posed any problems for you within scaling the business? That's why I'm going into group coaching. Cause it definitely is at the point where like you fill up your schedule and then I'm like, well, I'm not going to be group coaching people at nine o'clock at night, you know? <laughs> like, right. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I mean, sorry, individually doing one-on-one at night. Um, but yeah, so that's why I'm going to scale into group coaching and I started doing more public speaking as well. So like I can reach a thousand people at a keynote where, you know, the groups might be smaller and, and more customized, but getting, reaching more people and helping more people in different ways, because there's one to many when I'm on a stage and I'm teaching people. And then there's group coaching, which can be however many people are sitting there. And then there's one-on-one. Gotcha. So for all those different options, what does your lead generation look like? I focus a lot on content marketing. I mean, my, my whole thing is content marketing. I think content marketing can get you there, can grow you there in a more authentic way. So like I am all in on social, social video across all the different platforms. Like it's Instagram, it's LinkedIn, it's TikTok, YouTube. Each person should be doing a different thing. So I think some people should be like all in on TikTok and other people I'm like, you know what? I think you should be on LinkedIn. I think you should be on LinkedIn and YouTube because that's where your demographic is. That's where your client base is. So I am huge on content marketing. Um, of course, you know, 
I, I, I actually, I have never done paid ads for my own personal business. I've been a part of paid ads programs at the companies, you know, when I did branded content, but content marketing can really move the needle. Um, you'll see it. You'll just see people selling out people selling out courses, people selling out products through social media. Um, so I'm a huge advocate of content marketing. Like that's sort of how I came up, you know, like I did branded content at pop sugar. Um, that's all content marketing. You know, the idea is as a business owner, you want what you're putting out there to be as close as possible to what people want to watch. So like the closer it feels like a pop sugar article or a pop sugar video, your brand, the closer it can get to that, the more people are going to want to engage with it. You know, they don't, People don't like ads, obviously, if it's not the Super Bowl. So as close as people can get to that sort of editorial content, you know, the sort of stuff you'd be looking at on, you know, Good Morning America or, or you know, Allure Magazine, whatever, any of that content that you're consuming by choice, the closer we can get to that as brands is really going to explode your business. So what would you say is your main audience for that kind of like editorial style um, advertisement? So it's interesting. I actually think it's, it's industry agnostic. I think the idea of being editorial is a rule for, for video marketing for anyone. So if you're a real estate agent, your, your editorial quote unquote content is closer to wall street journal or architectural digest. What I mean is wall street journal might have an article about like what you should do if you're trying to buy a home right now and interest rates are crazy. A realtor should also be making that same article for their blog or that same video for Instagram that Wall Street Journal would make. Architectural Digest, a beautiful home tour focusing on the mar, you know, handmade tiles. A real estate person, a real estate agent should also be making that video. So you're really trying to like make yourself be of interest, entertaining, educational. And I think the more that you can be a source of information and entertainment, the more you're building that community. And then people are going to go to you and be like, oh, Randy, you're the, you're that genius guy behind those really fun home tours and the educational how-to and the lifestyle neighborhood tours. Like you place yourself in that. I think it's the same with products. I think if you have a product business, yes, a lot of your content is going to be t-shirts or shoes or beauty products, but there are really fun ways to put out content that isn't just selling. Um, there's like lots of fun behind the scenes videos, how it got made videos. I'll tell you people don't necessarily aren't maybe going to engage that much with like um, a lipstick or whatever, but they will really go in deep. If you take them inside the factory that makes a lipstick, what the materials look like being in that space. So I think that it can be applied to those, these philosophies of how to level up your content and bring people in, I think goes across industries. And I don't think it's only for one place. I think there's creative ways to make content that people want to engage with for any industry. Absolutely. And I think by sharing that kind of behind the scenes stuff or sharing value for free is a great way to build trust with potential clientele. Absolutely. I mean, you have to, so, you have to give away a lot of your information and knowledge for free to be gaining <laughs> that, that relationship. That's just like, that's the name of the game and it is how it goes. And, and even if I think there's that other thing is if someone's already possibly found you, whether it's through paid ads or word of mouth, they're going to look at you on social. They're going to see what sort of content you have. So it is important to be, be the expert in your area and be show, showing people who you are and why you know what you're doing and what your background is and any accolades that you have, any accomplishments. So really be pushing that like forward a lot. And then put, that puts you even more into the expert seat and that makes them trust you that much more. And it's just this ongoing cycle. 
but it's, you're, you're doing amazing things. Oh, thank you so much. And the other thing that I, I like to remind people about content, it's like, sometimes people think of content as like, oh, it's on my feed. I'm scrolling through it. Content can serve so many purposes. If you're making amazing content, great video content, people are engaging on it and you know, when it's good, because a lot of people are engaging with it, right? That piece of content can also be like a headline for a pitch. It can also be a blog. It can just serve more purposes. So I recently posted this video of how to turn 15 minutes of fame into $15,000. So let's say you're on TV. That TV hit is over in five minutes. Okay. You have the clip. Then what? Okay. So you post that clip. Okay. But you have to think about that piece of video then becomes video content that can like play on and on and on. So while you're taking a nap, you watch white Lotus and like you're, you know, you're sleep, you you're, you're watching white Lotus. You turn your phone off. You turn your thing off. People are finding you because of your content. So if you were in the press, you're making a video of that. You're doing a blog of that. You're using that logo. So it's like, how do you make that content go further? It's not just one video. It's like, how do you re reserve up that video in a few months? How do you put that video in different places? How do you raise it up in people's consciousness? So all of these things are placing you in the expert sphere as opposed to person who does this thing, professional who does this thing, placing you as an expert, establishing you as a thought leader and putting your brand in a much higher consideration level for everyone out there. That's amazing. So taking that 15 minutes of fame and learning how to ride that wave and keep it going. Oh, ride that wave like a surfer. Really cool. like you're a Hawaiian <laughs> surfer. Ride that wave all the way to shore. So you just, you really have to like keep it going. Absolutely. So we've talked about a lot of the amazing things that you're doing with your business, but what are some of the challenges that you faced? Um, I think the challenges is business development is a thing that like, I've been lucky, knock wood, but like I've had so many incoming leads since I started my business three years ago, but I'm now making it a resolution to be more intentional in terms of like where I'm seeking out, where am I growing my business actively, as opposed to reactively, like taking clients, you know, it's figuring out mm -hmm. does, is this where I want to grow? Is this section where I want to grow? So I think intentionality in terms of growth. So trying to scale, scaling more with groups, um, keynotes, public speaking, like I'm doing a big speaking gig, uh, spring of 2023 to thousands of people. Great. I'm getting, I'm teaching more people, which I love. Um, but really scaling and, and doing business development in a really intentional, thoughtful way. Um, you know, when you're at a company, you don't really think about that because you know what your job is, you know how to get better, you know how to grow, you know what you need to grow more with, but you're not really, unless you're in sales, you're not out catching. So that's definitely something that I'm working on. Okay. Awesome. So then if you were to, if you wanted to double or triple your revenue, what are some challenges that you think you might face or changes you might need to make within your own business to get to that point? Um, I think that, I think a lot of it is testing. I'm going to be doing a lot of testing in the next year or two. Um, because I do, I am, I am in the process of scaling. I'm starting to do more public speaking gigs, which help you scale. I'm starting to do more group coaching classes. At some point I will do like a passive, you know, the passive product. So that can help you scale because someone can learn from me and interact with me in a way that doesn't put any more, um, weight or pressure on my schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's a lot of like testing, you know, testing, which is working the best, um, in terms of, you know, content marketing, I will at some point do paid ads. I have not done that yet. Um, but really it, I haven't done paid ads as a person is my personal, like my business, but I've done paid ads for big programs. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, so I think a lot of it is, is, is scaling and seeing what's working, what's not working. And then, you know, it's like test and test and pivot, test and pivot. It's like everything you do, you have to look back and say, is that working? Is it not working? And then how do I adjust? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's amazing.
So let's cover a little bit about the podcast. What was your intention behind starting it? Sure. So um, I launched Mom's Exit Interview because I was having this amazing media career. And by many people's judgment, it would be considered like very glamorous. You know, like I post a picture, I'm at the Oscars. And it was great. I'm leading like a 17 person team. I got to launch a business within a business at Us Weekly Magazine. And I loved it, but I did have this realization that if I want to be more in control of my time, I think the answer is entrepreneurship. But you know, entrepreneurship, I think often people think of like the person on Forbes, but actually there's the entrepreneurship faces of entrepreneurship is varied, is very, very varied. And because I'm a parent that does drive a lot of my decisions. So, um, I'll be real. I'll always have clients and I'll always have job offers. Like, I'm not going to say that out of like being obnoxious, but like, if you're good at what you do and you're easy to work with, like you will always have opportunities. It's not that I don't have opportunities, but it's, I want to formulate my life in a way that works for me. And so with that realization, I'm like, oh, okay, who could be my mentor? Who could be my partner? Who could be my collaborator? I started looking around and realizing a lot of other parents are out doing these things that are entrepreneurship, but also in creative ways. Like some of them are part-time, they're doing three days a week, but they're running their own business or they're working full-time, but it's like in the morning and then at night after the kids go to bed. And I just was like, oh, all these people are doing really interesting things that I didn't feel like people were talking about. And so I wanted to create a podcast that has that inspiration. So stories of parents and then action. So actionable tips. So I like to think of it as making your career and your life work for you with inspiration and action. And I'm a content person, you know, I've launched podcasts for people magazine. I launched a big video series for it gets better that won a bunch of awards. And so my love language is content. And so (laughs) once I really, you know, like that's how that is, that's how I think about things. Um, and I was like, you know what? it's a lot of work, a lot of time to make a podcast. So I really wanted to sit down and like, think of the, think through the strategy, think through, think through the time, think through the budget. Cause that's what I always do for clients. I'm like, sit down. What's the goal? What's the budget? What's the time? How much time can you commit? And I sat down and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so I launched a podcast in June of 2022. Um, and it's just been amazing. I mean, a lot of people are listening. I get a lot of positive feedback. I've gotten featured in a lot of different press, like business insider, um, news nation, uh, with Ashley Banfield TV show, like, um, all of these other uh, fast company, all of these different outlets that like, that wasn't, that was like a secondary goal. It was like, have people talk about this because I believe it's important. But as for my business, it ended up having this like incredible, um, credible credibility growth and thought leadership driver. And so I think that's one of the things that's amazing about podcasts is, once you say yes, and once you say I'm doing it and you have a really strong strategy, it's, it can be a huge business driver. Um, and so it's been a really amazing thing for me. I got an enormous speaking gig through being on podcasts. Um, I have gotten business through the podcast. I've gotten grown my network immensely. So, you know, it really was like a passion project at first, but it is now like working for me as a business goal. So I think it's, you know, I, I know you all talk so much about how podcasts are so amazing. And they, I really, I'm like a big testimonial mm-hmm. for the power of podcasts. And now I recommend to a lot of my clients that, that are ready for it. I'm like, I think this is like a really good, a really good option for, for many of my clients. Absolutely. And I, I love that you started it off as a way 
to show other people all the different sides of being an entrepreneur because I feel like we're so used to seeing, you know, the 50, 60, 70 hour weeks. You never see your kids. You're never home for dinner. You can't go to the soccer games. And with your podcast, you get to expose all of the different options and the different ways that you can do it. You know, it's not just either full stay at home mom or fully at work 24 seven. So I think that that's just, that's amazing. Absolutely. And I think that that's something so important. Cause like, to me, that's not aspirational. If you tell me, Ooh, you get to work 70 or 80 hours a week. And you maybe get to earn like the same or more than you were earning before. I'm like, that's not why I did this. That's not why I did this. Like, I want to see my kids. I want to be able to cheer them on at the sidelines of an afternoon soccer game. I want to go on a field trip to the Brooklyn museum with them, which I did. And I couldn't have done that a few years ago. And so I think it's important to like, I look at it and say, what kind of life do I want? And then I'm going to make my career fit in that. And ironically, I've had like the best year. I mean, I've won five awards. I was featured in all this press. I'm bringing on more clients. I launched a podcast. Like I've had a great year because I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm pushing myself harder. I'm pushing myself in new ways, but I still don't want, if I'm working 70 hours a week, that's, that's not the driving goal. That's not the purpose. I didn't upend my life to work 80 hours a week. And so if I'm doing that, I'm doing it wrong. So I've really like, I'm really putting that like sticky note on my computer, you know, remember your why, remember why you're doing this. And so it's been really fun. I think it's interesting because, you know, I even see with like Gen Z's, especially, but some millennials as well also don't want to work 80 hours a week. So I think for me, the driving force with my, was my kids, but a lot of people have seen that light that if there's a way to, to make money and to have a good living where you're taking care of yourself, but you're not working 80 hours a week, that's a better way to be. And I think that you're seeing it cut across generations, like whether people have kids or not, it's this rethinking of like, what do I want with my life? Do I want to sit in a chair, a rolling chair in an office, or even if you're working from home on your couch, (laughs) answering to someone else, you know, maybe the answer is yes. But even if you're doing that, can you be pushing for more flexibility? Can you be pushing for more of what you want? Um, I think that that concept of analyzing, assessing, and fighting for what you want is applicable to so many people. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that people are just, I think it was, it was COVID was the catalyst where people are waking up and they're like, oh wait, like there is a different way that we can do things. Like we can work less, like we can work from the comfort of our home. Like I think that it's great that you're, you're providing a platform for people to share about this kind of thing. And other people can see like, oh, you know what? There are other options. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Yeah. It's been really fun. I've been getting these emails. Like there was one person who wrote me a a note and I'm not a crier. I grew up with two brothers and crying was unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) someone, Someone sent me this feedback that they were like, so moved by the show. And they feel like me and these other podcasts, they mentioned we're a part of a revolution in terms of helping people think in a new way. I mean, I was like, oh, me, me cry. that's very nice, you know, but it's, it's really amazing to feel like I'm, I'm helping people see their life and career in a new way. Um, I think that's awesome. You know, I don't see myself as like a guru. I'm just like, I'm a person who's good at my job, trying to help other people grow, but I have rethought my own life. And if my experience can help someone else rethink their own experience, then awesome. I mean, that's, you know, I think that a lot of the amazing things that I've learned in life have come from friends and colleagues who've given me really good advice, either like in their words or just by how they're living. Um, and if I can help one person or 10 people or a hundred people like that, great. That's amazing. So on the flip side, 
What are some of the biggest pain points that you've had around growing your business using your podcast? Yeah, I think that growing your business through a podcast is definitely like a longer game. You know, I think that you, it's a great thing in that you create this like really authentic connection, but in terms of like selling directly through the podcast, you know, it's, it's podcast, you know, to newsletter, to nurture, you know? So I think that it's, you know, it can be, it can be a little, you know, a bit of a not immediate direct, direct to your product purchasing or, you know, it, it can, it depends on what you're doing. So I think for me, because my podcast is not exactly a direct marketing tool for my business, it hasn't been an exact one-to-one driver. I mean, it has for, you know, I'm getting paid speaking gigs, I'm growing my business, but I think when, you know, someone like me, normally you do video marketing, you'd be like, let's do a video marketing podcast. Um, and so maybe that's in the works for the next year or two, but for right now, it's more of like a nurture, build a community and, and all of that. So I think that that's something to consider for people. And as you do build your strategy around whatever content you want to make saying, how is this serving my business? And, you know, is, is this, is this what I want to do? This is what I want to do, but I'm, you know, I think it's, it's helpful for businesses to really think out the strategy before you lock in your show so that it is driving on the goals that you're looking for. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. So with all of that said, what do you think is your biggest goal for 2023? Help more people. So I more think, people. yeah, I do a lot of one-on-one I'm doing, I'm starting groups now I'm doing bigger speaking gigs. So I really want to help more people. I think that there's, you know, we're in this like revolution of small business owners because of the, the digital world, you know, newsflash, it's a lot of stuff happening on social media. Um, but you know, there's so many more businesses nowadays. And I think that content is king or queen, uh, you know, content is king. And if you're not making content, you're falling behind. So I really want to just help more people realize that they can grow their business while they sleep. Like I truly feel that content is a gift that keeps giving because you're sleeping and your YouTube video is racking up views. Like I had a realtor who actually got a multi-million dollar sale because of a YouTube series that we decided on. So, you know, when you think about that, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of consideration. Maybe someone knew of his name, but then they Googled his name and then they landed on the YouTube series that we did specifically to establish him as an expert, not a home tour, a how-to, an expert video series. And when you think about that, that you're sleeping and customers are finding you and they're not just finding you, they're hiring you. That's pretty amazing. And so I think that I am so excited to be bringing my 15 years of marketing and journalism to people who are doing amazing things. They're growing their awesome businesses and they're like being badasses and being entrepreneurs, but content is not their main thing. And that's cool. And that's understandable, but like it's mine. And so I can help them, um, you know, by figuring out how to do social video strategy, how to build a podcast and how to be better on camera. So that is my goal for next year. That is amazing. That's amazing. I love that. So do you have any advice for anybody who's listening who either wants to get better on camera, that wants to start getting started with better content creation, just in general business tips? Oh my God. I, I have so many business tips. I should write a book. Um, <laughs> so I think you should. I will write a book. Um, one of the biggest things for video, um, like video content that I think is super, super important. I have a framework called messy because we're all messy. It's all sloppy, but Um, my tip is M E S S Y. So M is for message. So before you even like considering pressing a video record button, make sure your message is simple. So ask your granny, ask your seven-year-old neighbor, 
if they can understand it, you're good. If they can't understand it, break it down, distill it more. Even if you're a rocket scientist, you should be able to explain who you are and what you do to anyone. So a simple message, that's the M. Um, E, easy to understand. Again, it's gotta be so easy to understand because if it's too complicated, then you're only speaking to like the five people who are experts in your field. That's probably not who you wanna reach. Um, S, the first S in messy, S strategy. You cannot start filming like a sand timer, your money and your time will disappear like that. So you have to sit down and prioritize like what your goals are where you're going to put your money and how much time you can commit. These are like really important things to figure it out. And the answer is like, no matter what the answer is, it's fine. Like I've worked on tiny budgets and I've worked on million dollar budgets. You can always make good content. You know, your phone is like, we're so lucky that our phones do so much for us today. Most people are growing their business by just using their iPhone. So it's totally fine. Um, but you have to have a strategy or you're going to waste all your time. Uh, the second S, the, the second S is smile because you're on camera. Um, if you're not thinking of yourself, as the face of your brand, you're making a huge mistake. You have to be on camera. You have to put yourself on camera. People buy from people. They don't buy from brands. So you don't have to be all over, but like you need to put yourself um, out there if you're a small business owner. Um, and then the why is you're a journalist. What I mean by that is you have to think like a journalist, like what is a story idea or an interesting video that somebody would watch by choice? You're not selling. It's not an ad. I mentioned before, like if you're a realtor, you're thinking of like interesting tips and how to's about decorating your home or about selling in a tough market. You're not saying hire me, hire me. Here's my number. It's really, really different. Um, so you have to always be thinking of a journalist. So messy M message E easy to understand S strategy S smile and why you're a journalist and you're never selling. So the messy framework is like what I would start with every single uh, every single client I work with is like, that's, that's sort of the framework to just understand top level, like how you should be thinking. Um, and then I have a lot of, lot of great stuff about on camera. Um, a bunch of things I think for being on camera is the confidence is really, really important. Um, you have to get out of your own head and you have to think of yourself as being on camera. You're coming from a place of helping others. So if you're thinking of oh, everyone's looking at my clothing, my hair, my skin. No, think about how am I teaching these people? These people wanna, wanna learn from me, right? And if you don't think they wanna learn from you, then you need to step back and take like a few steps before that because you're putting yourself on camera because you wanna teach people about your brand or about your area of expertise, whatever it is. You have to get out of your own head. And then you have to, you have to know your own energy and be able to calibrate that energy. So if you're a fast talker, you need to start, you need to like work on sort of calming down. And if you're a slow talker, you need to work on amping yourself up. It's very important to understand how to harness your energy because when the camera comes on, it sort of like steals your natural and authentic vibe. So you have to recalibrate yourself. And this takes practice. You know, we're lucky that we have phones in our pockets and you can just like put your phone on your dresser and start talking to it. And if you do that three times a week or do Instagram lives, you do Instagram stories and just start showing up a little by little, you will get better. Like there's no, there's no, there's no secret tip. I, um, I did on-camera reporting. I've mostly been a producer behind the scenes, but I did some on-camera reporting in my career. I was a journalist for local news. My first videos were awful. Like I was, I was like imitating an anchor. Like you could hear in my voice. I was like reporting live from blah, 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 Kim Rickberg. Like, that's not how I talk. So you have to just remember, like, you have to be yourself. You have to be authentic. And then 
the last step is like before you're going on camera, amp yourself up with positive energy. So listen to some good music, like shake it up, move your body because we're, we're all stiff. We're nervous. We're stressed about what we're going to say. But you have to really like, you have to use science. You have to harness science to help your energy on camera. And so putting on good dance music, shaking up your body, talking to a friend who's like funny and cheers you up. So those are, those are just like some blanket tips to, to help you before you're going to be on camera. Absolutely. I think those are all really helpful tips. So if anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Sure. My, my website, Kim Rittberg, K-I-M-R-I-T-T-B-E-R-G, Kim Rittberg. I have free downloads there, how to be great on camera, how to come up with amazing video ideas. Um, and so everything is there. And my podcast is linked out there as well. And that's mom's exit interview. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And then, um, also I'm, I'm, I'm doing group coaching courses. So if people are interested in supercharging their business with content, um, it's going to be really fun. Uh, I, I love teaching and I'm very high energy in case you can't tell. So (laughs) (laughs) no, uh, definitely not. You can't tell, you can't tell. That's all going to be linked out on my website. All right. Awesome. Group, if you're listening and you enjoyed, please like, and subscribe. If you're a six figure entrepreneur and want to come on the show, please go to top 100 interview.com. Bye. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.